<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Okay, I have to admit something. I, I've been watching TikTok too much, and like, there's like a trend on TikTok. I don't know if it's like crossed over where people are like, there's a horrible song. It's do 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 do, and people are doing this like side thing while someone's trying to stab. Oh them. yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Oh. What is up with that? I it's like stuck in my head, and I just can't get that little bleep song out of my mind, and it's driving me. Absolute bonkers. Between that and Sam Smith, a song that hasn't even come out yet, and I'm so sick of hearing it. Oh, the corn song is one in my head. Oh. It's corn. It's corn. A big loaf of doves. It's got the juice. It's got the juice. I'm it's glad he's having his little moment, though. That little kid is adorable. It's just the song is, is. ubiquitous anymore on uh, TikTok. L. Shout out to Seabot. That whole... Burp, 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 Is that the, is that burp, the, burp, the burp, sex burp. one? 
That is the sex one. That is, in fact, the sex one. I'm surprised Steve hasn't started yelling at in the background. Um, yes. The one where the guy revealed that he used that song to fuck his girlfriend for two years, and then she was like, I cannot do this anymore. That's horrible. Yeah. My favorite were people who were like, you could not have waterboarded this information out of me. I never want to even think about that. Apparently, like, his Reddit name was his actual name, and he made a TikTok about it. And I was like, my brother in Christ, what are you doing? No. Stop. No. Um. Anyway. What are we we doing? (laughs) (laughs) And this has been TikTok Live. Um, (laughs) Welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly weekly mini-soda. We talk about TikToks, apparently. Uh, No, we talk about the things that we've been watching and reading, I think, this week. I'm Terry. And I am Mary Beth. And this week we are talking about that twisty new horror film, a horror prequel, an adorable mockumentary, a book that is seared its way into Mary Beth's subconscious, and a morgue receptionist <laughs> named Poop and Plots. I mean, how can you go from talking about a book that's seared into your consciousness into Poop and Plots, but we are I, going to make that shit I work? I swear to you, they could not be more different. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee to you that they are so different, but that's okay. That's what we love here. But I want to hear about that twisty new horror film. <laughs> so I was having a struggle about what to cover this week because I've seen a couple things this week and a lot of them have been not good. I saw the new Thor movie. Sorry, Andrew Lesane did not like it. He told me to delete that comment on Twitter, but I did not. I did not like it. And then I saw Devil in Ohio, which feels like a low rent version of Servant. Oh, it's very bland and it's okay. not very good. But I watched the whole goddamn thing. I don't know why. (laughs) Isn't that? Ain't that just the way? There's so many good things to watch. And I sat there for eight episodes, five hours and 56 minutes, I think is what it said, watching this fucking thing that is so bland. It's so inoffensive. It's like, it's not even terrible. It's just so inoffensively boring. Ew. That's even worse. You're like, it's just like nothing. Oh, quick side note. Mm. I watched. I watched the first episode of Rings of Power, and I really liked it. Okay, wasn't it That's good? It. Yeah, but yeah. So we started it anyway. Good, awesome. So the twisty new horror film you talked about it last week. I finally saw Barbarian, and again, no spoilers. We're not going to spoiler this. We're not going to spoiler this. We're, We're not, not going, going to spo- spoiler this. <laughs> We're not going to spoil this, but for our patron listeners, we might be releasing an episode at some point, just on addition to our fresh wounds, as like a spoiler cast of that when it comes out on VOD so that everyone has a chance to watch it. So we might just throw that out there just for funds. Funsies, because it's just fun to talk about that movie. But the movie's great. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I love a movie that I can go in and I don't know where the movie is going to go. And I don't know where it's going to keep going because this movie just inverts on itself, twists, does fun things. Just what I loved is that the trailer does not give away the movie. <laughs> I thought the not trailer was going to give away the film. Not even the fucking slightest does it give away the movie. <laughs> no, not at all. The, and I was like so blown away by how little the trailer actually shows. I was like, this is how you do a fucking trailer. Because yeah. I went going, I was a little afraid that it was going to show a lot of what the movie was about. 
This movie is great. I can't really talk about it too much more than what than what we we've said because I don't want to spoil anything in this. This is a film you want to go in blind. But I'm just gonna say this movie is scarred for life. Approved. It's gonna be on my top ten list for the year. I can't imagine it not being high up there on my list. This movie is great. If you can and feel safe, go see it in a movie theater. I have a feeling it'll probably be out on VOD before Halloween. I'm hoping so. Maybe. Maybe it'll be out. I don't know. But yeah. I just I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Fantastic performances. And it's not even a, a spoiler to say that um, what's his bucket that you said last week, Justin Long, Long, is an absolute trash. asshole trash. trash in this. And it's not even a spoiler to say that. Yeah, put him, put him, put the whole man in my garbage can. <laughs> but I, I feel bad for other movies coming, other horror movies coming out this year. Let's just say that. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. I don't know from, from a big, wide release horror film that you can get much better than this no it it reminds me of how i felt about malignant completely different movie completely different twists and turns nothing to do with malignant except that this surprised the hell out of me in the same way that that movie did yeah more so i would say so that's all i can really say about it because i don't want to spoil anything i just wanted to say that i saw it i absolutely loved it i'm so glad that so many people like this movie I know I'm seeing nothing but good things. And I was like, I was a little unsure because it is, um, it's not a traditional film, shall we say? (laughs) And so I was kind of curious how that was going to go over, but it seems like most people are just like over the moon with it. So horror peak prequel. I'm really excited to see this one too. I'm hopefully seeing it this weekend, but tell me all about this one. So I saw Pearl, the extraordinary prequel directed by <laughs> Ty West. I did not get one of the cool bandanas. I'm so mad because I saw mm. it at a press screening. Wah. Um, But any- <laughs> anyway, yes, cat cameo. They keep opening the door in and out because they're little hellions. Um, so, okay, so this is the, the prequel to X. Obviously, X came out earlier this year. This is the story behind Pearl, who is, sorry everyone, the killer in X. And this is kind of like her origin story and what happened to kind of explain why she is the way that she is. And this is very 1940s, 1930s, Wizard of Oz Technicolor film. It feels like an homage to that era of filmmaking from West. Okay. It's very, te- it's like, it's so bright and colorful. Again, like very Technicolor. It's very much like daytime horror the thing with it is that it's not really it's not like x like do not go into it expecting like a horror movie like x because it's much more of kind of like a character study with some horror elements okay but it's like it's not at all like what happened in x it's much more an examination of like repression and puritanical ideals on feminine bodies and Mm. what that leads to and a pressure cooker for violence so there's a lot more of that kind of expl- like examination, exploration going on with Pearl and kind of not excusing at all her behavior, but kind of like giving us a deeper look into like where she comes from and her, this link between her and Maxine of wanting to be stars and like trying to do whatever it takes to be a star. I really liked it. I know that there are some people who are like, this is nothing like X. It's not a horror movie, blah, blah, blah. I really enjoyed it. It's so yeah. different from X, but I get—I keep saying that, but like, because I want people to understand, like, you're not going to get what you got in that first one. But I think if you have that expectation, 
it's really interesting. And the cool thing is, like, they wrote this in two weeks or, like, a couple <laughs> weeks um, when they were – so Mia Goth actually helped write this one. This is her first writing credit. She helped write this one They while they were kind of, like, in their quarantine period during COVID in New Zealand. They were like, well, what the fuck else are we going to do? And I think he's, West was really interested in Pearl and kind of digging into this character. And so that's where the prequel came in. So, like, it feels a little bit kind of, like – a concept a concepty a little bit like you can feel it's a little bit rushed and like but that's not a bad thing i just think like you can kind of feel that that vibe in it but it's still beautiful to see amia excuse me you mia goth is incredible again and we're getting a third one maxine with three x's with maxine in the 80s probably as a porn star or navigating the porn industry apparently it's not going to be looking at like the VHS industry and the importance of porn and the rise of VHS tapes. So I would say that the, the trailer is doing a good job of trying to separate the two because I, I did yeah. not get X at all from that trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a confession. I don't know if I confess this when we talked about this on little cuts, but it took me a very long time to realize that Mia Goff played Pearl in the original. Oh, movie. okay. 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 And okay. like, yes, there's that, that shot of, you know, on the television. And I, I honestly thought that it was Maxine and she, that, that she like, we used to be named Pearl and she's like, I was so oh, confused at the end of the movie. Okay. I know that makes me look stupid, but I really was confused by the end of the movie. And so when they are talking about Pearl and, and Mia Goth is like, what are you, what, what, what are you talking about? And then I realized, but I, it took me an exceptionally long period of time to realize that Mia Goth played both characters. God, and she's incredible. I want Ty West to make a musical after watching this movie. It has, like, a lot of musical-like qualities to it. It looks like it does. Yeah, it definitely does. Very Wizard so. of Oz. Very Wizard of Oz. Uh, she grinds a scarecrow at one point. That's fun. Um, it's not a spoiler. Like, it's just... Grinds? Like, she, like, like, basically, like, fucks a scarecrow. Okay. There's no penetration, but she basically... Yeah. You do you, girl. You do, girl. You know what? Whatever. Whatever you need in this horrendous situation you find yourself in. Anywho. <laughs> Just don't get splinters. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the only thing I would be afraid of. She's wearing pants. She was wearing oh, pants. Oh, okay. Okay. Triumphing. More power to you. <laughs> Sorry. I should have. <laughs> I should have qualified that one. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Um, uh, what's this adorable mockumentary? <laughs> so, so speaking of sex, um, no. Hey, I'm uh, sorry, E, I'll just put hay humping, and I'm just like, I'm going to die. Hay humping. Uh, I don't even know how to segue from that to this most adorable PG movie I've ever seen called Marcel, <laughs> the shell with shoes on. Oh boy, it's going to be a fun transition from that into what I'm talking about. Uh, girl, I know. <laughs> anyway. So Marcel, the, the shell with shoes on, which is a A24 movie as well. So there, there's, there's the connection, I guess. I didn't know what to expect with this movie. I just knew that it had this adorable, I didn't really know what it was. I think it's a slug. We've never seen the video? Mm-mm. we never watched like the initial... <gasps> Marcel the shell with shoes on. He's a little shell. Sometimes yeah, I, he 
Dorito was a hang glider. Yeah, Sorry. I, I did. I really I fucking know. love Marcel the Shell. <laughs> anyway. I didn't even know until, like, probably around the time the movie came out that there was even, that it was based on a, a short film. Oh. I didn't know. But, um, yeah, so this is directed by Dean Fle- Fleischer Camp. And written by him, and also co-starring him, and also Jenny Slate as the voice of Marcel, of the titular shell with shoes on. That I believe <laughs> is a snail. Is uh, that? No, he's just the sh- he's just a shell. He's not because he kid. talks about how like you have to like find new shells, and some of his um, family members, one of them was a tampon. Oh yeah, I don't think I think he's just. A shell. I don't think. He, okay. I think it's just like a weird species of shell. I think. But, I don't. I never got the. <laughs> I never got the idea that he was like a slugger. He's just like some weird, like a shell people. But it's a documentary about him, where Dean Fleischerkamp, as uh, character Dean, um, rents like an Airbnb and um, discovers Marcel, who is living there alone with his, um, I think, grandmother named Connie, played by Isabella Rossellini, who... What's so wild that it's Isabella Rossellini? Who, this is the second movie, or the second thing I've seen her in uh, recently. Um, she has this really great cameo in a, in a TV show that I don't want to spoil. But she plays, she plays Connie, his grandmother, and it's just the two of them living in this Airbnb because all of their people left unfortunately when the people that used to live in the house left and the guy just sort of scooped out his um, drawer into his luggage where in the drawers where people were hiding when the bad stuff was happening and takes them and so he is stranded there with his grandma trying to live in this house and do things as a small shell that his community used to do together. So he would create, um, he would use like the mixer to shake the tree so that apples will fall out of the tree. And he will, he has to like do all this. There's some really cute things where he tips over honey and he uses honey to like walk on the wall. So there's little tiny honey footprints as he is walking up the wall. There's all these little cute little things that he has to do to basically navigate being a small shell in a human sized world when his community is gone. And it's very, Emotional. This movie made me cry so fucking hard uh, because he's trying to make his life. He has this ailing grandmother who is losing her mental faculties, it seems like. And Jesus so Christ. It's, upset. it's <laughs> so sad, but also heartwarming. And it becomes like the, the um, Dean is filming marcel and putting the stuff on youtube and marcel's getting all this like famous and people are showing up the house and it just like builds up this story about this little shell that is trying to be independent but is missing his community and it's so good it's (laughs) made me cry i like i just like had my box of kleenex and just like would grab one go blow my nose Throw it to the side and grab another one because it was making me fucking sob. It's so good, though. A little man. Just a little man trying to find his way in the world. It's just so mean. It's so sad. I love him so much. It's so sad. 
That's why I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I love the videos growing up, and I was like, I can't, uh, I should watch this because I love the videos, but like, whew. It's so good. Whew. And it's animated so well. It's okay. just, it's, uh, it's a marvel. It's a marvel of a movie. All right. It's one of my favorites that I've seen this year. Okay. I highly right. recommend it, but just make sure you have that that box of Kleenex ready because uh, I was not ready. ready. Oh, I was yeah. not ready okay. <laughs> for this little fucking shell to just honey walk all over my heart. Oh, little footprints on your heart, little honey heart. It's so cute. Oh my goodness. So, in the same realm as this, what is this book that seared into your consciousness? So, uh. I read something that is one of the most upsetting mm-hmm. things I've ever read. Uh, it is called Gone to mm. See the River Man by Christopher Triana. Triana, whatever. I, whatever. Uh, this book had been like all over TikTok. I am on like horror book talk quite a bit. And this is always on the list of like disturbing books that are okay. like, really upsetting. And I was like, Bet. Bet. I don't know who you're going to say that. Bet. Let's find out. Because, uh, so basically, the book is about a woman who is obsessed with serial killers and writes to serial killers in prison. And she has developed this, like, very close relationship with a serial killer named Edmund Cox. And it's like, this is her obsession. And she's also taking care of her sister, who, her older sister, who was in a horrible accident. Hmm. Um,. And is now, like, has limited mental faculties after the accident. So, Lori, this character, is taking care of her sister, works at a diner, and is frequently communicating with the serial killer, who she also Mm. visits in prison. And one day, the serial killer says, prove yourself as, like, my number one fan, because it's, like, lots of um, women are, like, writing him and being, like, groupies of serial killers, and this is, like, a look into the mindset of one of these people, but he says, okay, I need you to do this thing for me. I need you to go and see the river man. And she's, like, uh, okay, like, he's just, like, some random dude. Like, it's totally fine. Uh, no, he's not some random fucking dude. It's fucking boo. So, she goes, she, she brings her sister, who, because she can't leave her sister alone, so her sister, who is disabled, joins her on this quest to see the river man and so many fucked up things happen along the way let me tell you at one point i had to put the book down and i gagged i don't do that i do not do that i gagged and had to put my phone away. i was reading it on kindle i had to put it away i was like i can't holy shit yeah there's a lot if you're gonna read this please check the trigger warnings like there's a lot of like gore but there's also a lot of really horrendous thematic stuff going on that involves incest and rape okay um so it's a lot like i did not i didn't read the trigger warnings going into it and i was just like ah ha, ha. um it's just like Lori is the most fucked up main character of a book i've seen in a good long time um it's just twisted i i I don't even know what else to say. And I don't yeah. want to spoil anything, but, like, if you're into, like, extreme literature, give it a shot. But, like, I honestly don't know if I can recommend this in good faith to, like, most people. Like, I think... I was going to ask... I was going to ask. Like, it might be a, a weird word, but did you... I'm okay. glad I read it. 
I mean, it triggered emotions. I haven't. I haven't been that. I both hated it, but read almost the entire okay. thing in one day, and then I was like, I have to stop reading this before I go to bed. Like, I was like, I cannot read this in bed. Like, it's just gonna fuck up my head. Um, and then I finished it today because I was like, I gotta put this away for a couple days. Like, it it's a lot. It's like very, it's very compelling. But it's also just like okay. deeply upsetting because again, Lori, Lori is the worst main character. Like, like deplorable from like an ethical standpoint. <laughs> so, yeah, it it's something. <laughs> if you're into stuff like that, give it a try. But like, I don't. Yeah, I can't really recommend it to people who like don't aren't into like splatter punk. So what I'm hearing is that it's a good companion piece for Marcel. <laughs> uh-huh let's have like a, if you just want like two extreme ex- like experiences like watch marcel and while you're crying start reading this one and just be like i or read the book first and watch marcel and you'll have like a palate cleanser oh my god there's god oh, fucking god the way that he like triana Is he, he's a good writer then flesh he made me gag so uh so yeah that was that <laughs> gone to see the river who's the writer again christopher triata is the writer and he's written a bunch of other books i haven't read um i've discovered a thing about myself that reading disturbing books is harder for me than watching disturbing movies i mean i think that kind of makes sense Uh, in some ways um crazy like i i mean i have a very overactive imagination and i can easily fill in details that are conjured much more clearly and horrifyingly than can be displayed on tv sometimes and I also think what happens in books that I think gets to me is movies you don't, like, you can kind of represent smell a little bit. Like, oh, it smells bad. But in books, like, he goes on about, like, the disgusting smell of death, the black, ropey, rotting intestines. I'm like, good lord, <laughs> motherfucker. Like, the maggots wriggling in her flesh. And I'm just like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm just going to die. Like, I can't stop reading this but i want to stop reading it and i kept going like, groaning and Steve was like are you okay i'm like no i'm not but i can't stop yeah i want tony's gonna listen to an audiobook oh godspeed godspeed wow um like pretty pretty opposite of that but gory kind of what was our horror comedy oh boy this week like here's the thing i try to introduce anyone i can and i will talk about this movie any way i can even though there there's a lot of problems with this film um but i think this movie is fantastic it is the boneyard from 1991 filmed in 1989 which i think makes sense because it feels like an 80s film that time forgot even though it was released in the 90s um direct to that that direct to vhs a couple things i i got it i i could talk about this movie for days uh but i gotta know what did you think of my favorite protagonist a fat English teacher who's depressed and is a psychic who I just absolutely love and adore and Stan as a fat English, not professor, but went to school to be an English teacher. I'm not psychic. Have some depression. I feel seen and I loved her, but I got to know, what did you think of this film? I liked the last part of it. I didn't. Okay. I didn't dislike. That sounds bad. I loved her. I was like, oh my god, we have a fat protagonist who like isn't the butt of all the jokes. 
Like, I was very excited that she was in this film. Like, I get, I mean, there isn't a lot of fat representation positive Mm-mm. in horror, and she is just exists mm-hmm. as a person. Um, her, the big thing that gets people, like, that people talk about is her depression and her being a psychic. Um, so, it's like, 40 minutes of this, like, it's like a depressed psychic and two cops, like, trying to figure out why this guy had a bunch of, like, bones in his basement. And they're like, there's kids' bodies down here, dude. What the fuck? Um, and so I was like, okay, like, I, what the, because I, I know there's a goddamn zombie poodle on the, on the poster. So I was like, what? When does the zombie pup poodle come? I was like, what? what is happening like this is not have the right tone and then as soon as shit shit starts the bit like 40 minute mark and then it just like goes bananagrams um very evil dead 2 vibes mm-hmm. to it which i love um phyllis diller turns into this crazy fucking creature that looks like something out of mars attacks or a tim burton movie um which is a good thing uh the it's very weirdly anti-asian or like mystical the, orientalism stuff that is the biggest problem i didn't i didn't really understand what was really going on there i was like what is happening like i one of my first notes was like i am not entirely sure what's happening here and that was like when they were trying to like explain like there's this guy he's a mortician. in the basement and somehow it's he magic. has a family curse that is weird oriental and i'm using that as like in the pejorative that they would use at that time has like that sort of oriental mysticism that was so popular in like the 80s and early 90s uh where he like is cursed and he has to feed kids to this thing in order to like keep it at bay the flesh not 100 percent sure uh the 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 zombies when they they pop up are incredibly offensive looking in their face and in their eyes. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's that um, whole thing, which is like a yeah. huge problem that I do have with this movie. It definitely is of the time, as we say. But what yeah. I what what is so wild to me is that this the first 40 minutes of this film is so fucking dark. It's bleak. It is a woman. It is bleak. It's yeah. like sad as shit. It's a bunch of dead kids. It's like, a woman who is, who helps the cops find bodies of dead kids because she is a psychic and they ghosts like pull to her. And there's this like nightmare where she has where she sees like this dead kid crying and it's almost played like a scare gag where the dead kid starts walking toward her. But all she wants to do is give her a hug for thanking her for reuniting her body and finding putting herself to rest. It is like dark and there's a line that i think is is really quite good for this movie just what the hell am i supposed to do with the grief jersey she is like tormented by this grief she has turned her home into like a shined a shrine to depression she is being crushed by this and so we have this that eventually turns into a fucking morgue receptionist named poop and Platts who turns into a giant zombie and her dog named floofsomes that turns into a, a killer poodle a giant killer poodle like the climax is I'm running. Like from what the, the fuck? Giant, giant, like ginormous. But okay, so my question here is: Did the kids become the weird zombie creatures for those? Yeah, those he, were the kids, correct? I just I was not like one hundred percent. I've seen this movie on, like, like six or seven what? times, and I'm still not one hundred percent sure. But I think. And who was the? I think okay, the kids, because uh, like he makes a comment about how. They appear like dead, like dead people, but they're actually 
demons or something. And so they've just yeah, were okay. pretending to be dead and then they come alive. I, I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay. And then there's the woman who they cut. There's like a woman on the moor. Like, she, she tried to kill, to kill herself and was unsuccessful. That's right. Okay. And they she wakes up while uh-huh. they're slicing into her on the table uh-huh. at the morgue on top of everything else. Uh-huh. And I was just like, what? Like, it just goes from zero to 60 very quickly in terms of just like people coming back to life. There are zombies that... The practical effects are both really incredible and incredibly offensive. Like, it's like these two very interesting kind of, like, feelings to hold about that. And they just start eating people and throwing up on Stuffing them. Stuffing parts of their flesh into their mouth gooey, and turning them into zombies. Ooey gooey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the score, by the way, yeah. fucking is a banger. It's, it is a banger. I was I was like, wait a second. That's surprising. And it's a Thanksgiving movie. It says Happy Thanksgiving. There's a big banner when they go to the morgue that says Happy Thanksgiving. Oh. Also, okay, it's called the Boneyard because they the call boneyard. this morgue the Boneyard because closing down. Which I love that it's called the Boneyard. And I love that her Phyllis Diller's fucking poodle has a little pink bow and hangs out in the, the Boneyard. It's just... Like, as soon as they get to the morgue, it gets, like, kind of ridiculous, and then it just, just gets it's like into, like, they're all Two different movies smashed together. It is. And when, um, she first, what the fuck Which is one? her name? The, uh, her Allie. Name, the main woman, the, the fat. So, Allie, when Allie kind of discovers what's going on, it's got, like, it feels very pre-Resident Evil. Like, walking mm. into the morgue lab zombie reveal. Like, you're walking into mm-hmm. this, like, medical space covered in blood, broken glass, and you discover something eating flesh. And it has, I mean, I know it's not only Resident Evil, but I just thought of, like, this was a, feels like a precursor to that a little bit in terms of, like, the way that's framed. But she grabs the axe out of the wall. It's actually a pretty good moment of tension as the camera follows her to discovering what is happening exactly. And then we have our zombie friends. I also think it's horrifying that there's a good chunk where they're like talking to the guy, the um, the mortician, and he's on the TV, and there's just a tableau of dead children just like rotting in front of us. And I was like, oh my god, that's pretty fucked up imagery. I get more than I was expecting of just a tableau of it's, dead it's children. It's very grim, which is so surprising because of the it's the turns that grim. it takes. And what? So yeah. what's? What I think is is fascinating by the about this is that it was written and directed by James Cummins, who was in the makeup department for the thing, and did the special effects for House, oh. a movie we have covered on the podcast, and did special effects for Enemy Mind. So he is like known for makeup, known for visual effects, known for like special effects, and then he did. He directed and wrote this movie and I believe maybe like a couple more in like the nineties and then that was that was it. Uh but he is a special effects person and I I think you can tell, particularly with the puppetry. I think this that's why this movie feels in the back half like a an eighties movie, because it, it is coming from someone that did special effects on some pretty big eighties movies. Especially the puppetry in like house. Yeah, I I was surprised at how serious it was 
for a movie that is about that is advertised to be about a what's funny people. is that apparently there were two covers there was a slipcase cover for this and one of them was emphasizing the humor and one was emphasizing the horror so there are actually two covers for this movie which makes sense because okay it definitely straddles that line between being like almost like a character drama in the beginning that's really fucked up it's way less comedy than i expected it to be I thought it was going to be kind of like a slapsticky horror situation, and it's not really. It's actually, it's just much more serious. Apparently, Deborah Rose, who plays Allie, was a method actress and got into um, a lot of issues with the guy that plays the main, plays Jersey, Ed Nelson. Because Ed Nelson came oh. from like TV and was very like efficient and everything, because TV had to be efficient particularly back in those days. Yeah. And so you had two different kind of acting styles where she wanted to like get into the character and do all that kind of stuff. And he was just like, no, let's just bang this out. And apparently <laughs> they got into um, a lot of issues because she was very slow in terms of method act. Imagine method acting for a 1991. <laughs> well, and that's what, that's what like, cause there was like, uh, I have the Blu-ray. There's like Wait. some special behind the scenes stuff. And there were some interviews and they're like, yeah, there was a lot of tension on set because uh, what's his name? Ed Nelson was like, this is a 1990 horror movie or 1989 horror movie. Why are you trying to get into, you know, character's head space? And then you have her. Like, what are you going to do? Become a psychic? <laughs> like, are you going to like study how to be a psychic? <laughs> are you going to like go to a morgue and hang out with dead kids? Like, like this ain't, ha- this is a gangs in New York. This isn't like Daniel's. <laughs> I just, I, I love that. I don't mean to knock her. I just no, and I every time I watch this movie, I'm like, man, she is acting as if this. She's acting the fuck out of this, as if like this is like you know going to be Oscar material. Like she is playing to the nines, and I love that. She's she takes it seriously, which is so funny. But you know what? Good for her. I always say this. I know it's like a broken record, but it's that's another one of those movies that I feel like people would, would have more would like will have more appreciation for someday maybe or should. Like the problematic mm-hmm. aspects probably keep it that like it's very like weirdly anti-Asian. Like not no bueno. Um, but that fucking giant hood. It just it. I was like, is this a Sam Raimi movie? <laughs> like, I was, I was like, And I think that's what I mostly remember when every time I watch... I mean, I've seen this movie like six or seven times, but it's like everything I remember is that back half where shit just gets fucking wild. We have like alien montages moving through the vents. We have Poop and Platts as this giant alien uh, zombie and her clothes are barely fitting and so it's like puppet almost her you almost see like puppet boobage and so there's that and there's the fucking poodle it's just like it's so wild it's so wild it's so wild. but i have to like introduce people to it because I, it, I think it's it's a movie that not many people have seen and i don't know maybe there's a good reason for it but i find i don't know i find it i don't know i like it a lot even though it's i a I'm hugely problematic it. film I'm, well ain't that just the way for the <laughs> seriously. 80s and 90s seriously like a little bit of like a tip to what we're talking about next week. <laughs> well, so for Monday, we are talking with filmmaker Duncan Birmingham. Um, his debut feature film, Who Invited Them, just premiered on Shutter, and he brought with him, speaking of problematic movies, Brian De Palma's Dressed to Kill. Yeah. Which is a great movie. 
It's a great movie. But, but it's fucked up. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. But so yeah. There's that. So, um but what yes. uh horror comedy are we talking about next week, Mary Beth? So we are talking about the nineteen ninety five <laughs> film uh Dracula Dead and Loving It, which I've never seen I can, quote. can quote. So I'm very raspberries? excited. There are no raspberries here. I cannot this. wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very excited. Uh, listeners, you've heard from us. We want to hear it from you. Have you watched anything or read the, bo- the one book that we talked about this week? Do you have thoughts for things that we should be covering? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at and And I'm a Gaily Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scar. And don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. And also, Patreon. We had a couple people sitting in watching us live. So if you want to experience um, all of that wildness, support us on Patreon, please, and thank you. Yeah, man. There's Steve might show up. You won't see him on the podcast, mm-hmm. but you'll see him on the live stream. You also get us a little you'll bit more unfiltered in the cast. video version. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you to... Eric Power for music. <laughs> nope. Thank you to Eric Power. Jesus Christ. Uh, thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, <laughs> stay creepy. Uh, okay, I'm going to hit stop, everyone. But just wanted to thank, wanted to thank you. Because if I hit stop, it's going to kick you guys thanks out. So joining. thanks for watching. Um, love you guys. Thanks for the support. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. 
Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.